An earthquake allows Earth scientists to probe what's inside our planet, and starquakes allow us to probe what's inside stars. Welcome to Shot of Science, a podcast series by Annual Reviews where we ask some of the world's top scientists what they're thinking about right now. I'm Anna Rasquet Paz, engagement editor here at Annual Reviews, and in this episode, our president Richard Gallagher talks to Connie Ertz, director of the Institute of Astronomy at the University of Leuven in Belgium, about her work on starquakes. Here's Richard. Hello, this is Richard Gallagher, and I'm at the Flatiron Institute in New York with Professor Connie Arts. Connie is an editor of the Annual Review of Astronomy and Astrophysics. Uh, Connie, can you describe uh, one topic in astronomy that's exciting you at the moment? Yes, so we're all excited about uh, measurements of starquakes. This is something that we can do now thanks to space missions. And this is uh, a unique opportunity to learn about stars. What is a starquake? A starquake is just like the earthquakes, like earthquakes, uh, things like that happen in stars, but stars are gaseous spheres, so the motion of the quake is a bit different, but otherwise we can do the same, uh, let's say, inference from the information we can get. So an earthquake allows Earth scientists to probe what's inside our planet, and starquakes allow us to probe what's inside stars. So. Otherwise, we cannot measure what's inside a star, and uh, starquakes allow to do that. Do you understand how these events occur? Yes, we understand more or less why these stars uh, have quakes. Uh, it's also different from earthquakes in the sense that they appear very regularly and they are modest. They're not so violent. They're always there. And thanks to that, we can measure that and then use the information in these uh, quakes to learn about the physics of the stars. And what um, role does a star quake play in the development of stars? Well, it's literally the only way where we open the door to look inside a star. Because other measurements, I, uh, they only give us information on the surfaces of stars, right? The light that they emit through their surface. While a star quake really allows you to go to the interior, just in the same way as an earthquake allows to do that. So that's really nice because we can only do that since a few years now. And what have you seen? We have seen uh, lots of things that we thought we understood and that turned out to be wrong. And so in that sense, the, the theory that we had on interiors of stars, we need to improve it so that it matches the properties of these star quakes. And so uh, a quake creates a wave in fact, and it propagates through the gas, and the way it propagates is coupled to the pressure inside the star, the density, the temperature, the chemistry, and the way that these things behave are different than what we anticipated. So we are now in a, in a transformative era in that sense that we have to improve our models thanks to these quakes. And again, this is different than from classical data, because there we only had measurements from the stellar surface. And so it's, it's not uh, unlogical that we now have new information because we probe in the deep interior. Uh, that's an area where we hadn't had observations yet. Are the types of measurements that you make the same as the ones that you were making when you were looking at the surface, or are there new 
no, uh, ways to explore. There, yeah, there, there, it's a new way to explore because these quakes, you know, these quakes create waves that travel through the star and we measure them in high precision uh, uh, brightness variations. So we can't do this from the ground. We needed space missions for that because the, you know, the tiny twinklings that we see is just too uh, low in, uh, in, uh, in, in signal to do it from the ground. So anything that we did so far from the ground, it's just not manageable to observe these uh, quakes. We could only do that for the sun. So the sun has the same sun quakes. That we could do from the ground, because the sun is so close by and we can resolve its surface, but not for distant stars. So it really depended on new technology that got into these space missions, uh, mainly the Kepler and the TESS mission from NASA. Yeah. So when was the first star quake detected and what was the reaction when, when that happened? Well. The, uh, the first, you know, uh, series of starquakes was really literally coming in from the Kepler mission, which got launched in 2009. So um, that was a, a real revolution. But the first stars that we could observe were very much like the sun. So it was a confirmation that stars behave like the sun. But then Kepler and, and now TESS are really probing areas in the sky, new stars, bigger stars, more massive stars. And so actually now with TESS we see things that we hadn't anticipated again uh, because we can go to stars with a, a mass that is more than 10 times the one of the sun and Kepler really didn't probe that area. So, yeah, we were really fascinated because we knew only one star where we had been doing inference, that was the Sun, and as soon as these data came in from Kepler, we knew, oh, we can now do similar methods, but then for, like, thousands of stars. And so analysis is still ongoing, in fact, huh? and uh, it, it's, it's the probing of phenomena for thousands of stars that we can do from mathematical modeling of these quakes. That is uh, fantastic, yeah. We are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. What is known? What isn't known? Knowable Magazine, the award-winning journalistic publication from Annual Reviews, seeks to make that knowledge accessible to all. Knowable reports on the current state of play across a wide variety of fields, from agriculture to high-energy physics, biochemistry to water security, the origins of the universe to psychology. Every piece is deeply reported, fact-checked, and free to read and to republish. To stay in the know, head to knowablemagazine.org newsletter and sign up for the free Sunday newsletter today. And we're back. Next, Richard asks Connie Ertz about popular enthusiasm for astronomy. Listen up. I imagine it's something that everyone uh, 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 finds mind-blowing and very um, interesting in a lot of ways. Do you, uh, do you find that any particular 
subsection of the population really love to think about these sorts of topics, school kids or something oh, yes, like it's, that? It, uh, of course, it's appealing to the... Uh, astronomy is appealing in general, right? But now we uh, one topic in the, that the starquakes have delivered is that the way stars rotate in their interior. And we don't, we can't do that very well for the sun because it doesn't give us the appropriate quakes while other stars do. And so then I um, uh, couple that to exoplanetary discoveries. Why? Because stars like the sun have planets and the way their quakes behave determines how well we can find the planets. And then if you want to search for extraterrestrial life, of course you want to find analogies of the Earth around the sun. So starquakes and exoplanets couple together and then you always have the interest of the general public, you know, cool. from young to very old. Yeah. So what do you hope um, will be revealed in the next um, four or five years in, in this study, which is quite at its early stages right now, right? Yes, so we, we hope to really learn how to uh, weigh stars very properly, how to size them and mainly how to age them. So again, this couples to uh, searches for life elsewhere. Um, it's not sufficient that you find planets around uh, stars that are like the sun, but you, there's also an, an age regime that you want to probe. And so starquakes are really about the only way uh, that you can date a star. And so that's, uh, that's a very appealing thing. Uh, we have to learn to improve our methodologies to do that. But uh, ages of stars are, for me, a, a very critical item to get because stars and uh, their planets are born together, so they have about the same age. And that will allow us to place all the detected exoplanets in an, in an age, in a timeline, let's say. So that's something very appealing and important, I think. Great. Well, that's fascinating stuff. Connie, thank mm -hmm. you very much for speaking with me. Yeah, you're welcome. This was Shot of Science. Join us next time for a conversation on how culture affects policymaking with Tim Besley of the London School of Economics. This episode was hosted and produced by Richard Gallagher and me, Anna Rasquatpaz. Annual Reviews is a non-profit publisher dedicated to synthesizing and integrating knowledge for the progress of science and the benefit of society. Thank you to Connie Ertz of the University of Leuven. Music today by Wayne Jones and South London Hi-Fi.